This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chale. That's mintmobile.com slash chale. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chale. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and thank you. 
joining another special episode of Your Welcome. All right, guys, we're just one day away from UFC 283, and coming up at the end of today's show, I'm going to talk about Glover Teixeira's incredible road to get to this point, and before that, I'm going to tell you guys why I am not buying Paul versus Fury as a fight, and I'm going to explain why John Jones remains a narcissist. All of that later. But let's begin today's show with the man of the hour, Francis Ngannou. Okay, guys. Where, where, where should we start to unpack this? So, Errol had Francis on. If I'm to summarize this for you, and you know what? I don't think I could do it justice. I mean, I really, I really would encourage you to go back and watch it. And Ariel, just on his Twitter feed, has given multiple breakdowns. So if you don't think, I don't have an hour in me. Well, Ariel's kind of got you cliff notes. We're at 30 seconds at a pop. You can get through a lot of this stuff. Francis has behaved politely. It's one of the unique takeaways. It's one of the great moves ever done by Francis. Now, this is a disaster of an understanding, at least in the short term. And you would have to really understand to not be irritated and to appreciate, you you must really understand what Francis has been through. Like, I'll bet most of you who've attempted to pass judgment, you're not wrong to do this. Very, Very normal thing for human beings to do, but they would say, if I were Francis, and then you would finish that thought. But you probably had parents, and you probably had coaches, And you probably had teachers that cared about you. And you probably had somebody and even multiple people that you could count on if you were in a jam that would have provided dinner for you at night. And you probably had somebody and probably multiple people that if you needed to get a jacket or a pair of shoes, you could turn to that would loan you those things. I mean, I really do share that with you, that where Francis is from and how he got to this place, he doesn't have all of that same guidance. He doesn't have all those same frames of reference that you might have had. But he stayed a gentleman. And when I tell you how much I liked Francis today, I got the information I wanted. He was very clearly content. That was a surprise. Francis agreeing to go on Ariel's program in the first place is letting us all know it's going to be combative. They went first to reveal he has been stripped. Here's the guys that are going to get the opportunity. One of which wouldn't fight you until he could gain 40 pounds and another of which did fight you and did not beat you. They are going to get an opportunity. Okay, so we understand. They went first. Francis is going to come on Errol's show, and he's going to strike. Well, this was different. I want to make sure you don't miss this. The number one thing you can do as a performer. Francis is not a performer. I understand that. But he's in a position to perform. So 
it's going to be critiqued for the performance, whether it was intended strategically or not. Whether it was a work or it was a shoot, it's still a camera and he's still going to be judged. And the number one thing, if you have the ability to give the audience what they want while not giving them what they expect, that is everybody's goal, is very difficult to do. It's exactly what Francis did today. We wanted to hear from Francis. We wanted those tough questions answered. We expected he was going to do it with profanity. We expected that he was going to let the organization know, I'm going to take my fans and go somewhere else. Let the organization know all the sponsors they're going to lose because of all the eyeballs he's going to take with him. Same thing that everybody who's done what Francis that came before him has done. Well, the same exact thing that John Jones did when John Jones left and I'll never come back. And it'll never be the same with how, right, all, it's what everybody does. It's what we would have expected Francis to do. Francis gave us what we wanted, which is an interview with him. But he didn't give us what he, we expected. If I was to use one word to describe Francis's tone, it was content. And I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine having the upbringing that Francis had, but seeing and finding a way out. Taking that shot and making an amazing story. The Francis story is an amazing story. But then to have the world championship, to have the recognition, to have the money, to have the ability to change your family's life. To be an inspiration to your people. And somebody takes it from you. The power of the pen. It's going to get your name down on a contract. I couldn't imagine. I would guess I would be hurt. I would guess as a fighter, I would be angry. The one emotion that I've been trained to show of aggression is going to come out. I would guess it's not what Francis did. Francis was content. And it's, it's just a hard one because of a different upbringing. I mean, ju just by example, I work for ESPN. I have a boss. And he's going to tell me, as our agreement, I expect him to do it. He's going to tell me what I'm going to cover. He's going to tell me what events I'm going to cover from right here. As opposed to what events I'm going to come live on location. I'm not going to have a choice in those. That's not going to be a group thought. We're not going to sit down before each time. I mean, I only suggest that for you because it, that's a job. And Francis did make it very clear this entire time, and with his interview with Errol today, that he did not like that. He did not like that he was told what he could and what he could not do. And I just grabbed my example at ESPN because it's the only one that I know. I, I know that I can't pop on NBC Sports tonight. I work for ESPN. I would know that, even if I really wanted to, even if I had an opportunity, even if they were bringing me in. I can't do that. I'm, work, I'm over here with ESPN, but it's a very it's a very accurate comparison. Francis wanted to do some boxing. He wanted to do some MMA. He wanted to do it with some other organizations. He wanted to go and do the, these other sports. And you kind of just look at it and go, man, that's just not how this is done. It's just simply not how this is done. 
You saw the ride. The ride hasn't changed since 2001. You saw the ride. Now the lights got brighter. The prizes got bigger. The rewards got more exciting, but the ride's the same. And you bought a ticket and you said, I want on that ride. And then you thought that they should change it for you. Why? And therein lies really the only disagreement and or misunderstanding. I would imagine that that negotiation was painfully frustrating. Like, hey, this is the way we've done it for 21 years. This is what you dreamed of being part of. This is what you dreamed of having success. We're doing the same thing. We haven't changed. You are now entering, and you want it to change. And you have the other side going, yeah, I'm good enough. I'm successful enough. I have other opportunities. I want to be able to take them. I want it to change, and you're going to change it for me. And I could just see where that was going to be a problem. And whether it was or not, for the time being, for the time being, Francis and the UFC is a story that's far, far from told. Before the time being, Francis is content, and for the entire time, we got to give him this, guys. We got to give him. He's been very polite. What did Francis do wrong? What advice would I have had for Francis? I mean, listening to Francis today on Ariel, they're in two different headspaces. I mean, they're in two completely different spots. My guess in why Ali is not officially representing Francis, my guess as to why Markel stopped officially representing Francis, is that those guys could not get into the frame of mind of the request that Francis wanted, which is Francis just wanted, he wanted to be able to do whatever he wanted. I want your opportunities, I want your platform, I want your money, I want your guarantees. And I want to be able to go and do whatever else I want, and if logistically my time is free to come and give it to you, then that's what I'll do. And I would think that for Markel, that was probably just very hard. Where he's going, hey, I can't get that done. I just can't. As a matter of fact, I can't even go and present that. I can't even sit with Hunter and Dana and say those words. I'll look like a fool. I would imagine it's the same thing where Ali maybe tried to lower the temperature, get an understanding, but also couldn't walk into those rooms and have that conversation. So what would I do? What if I was in that spot? Francis calls me up, Chael, can you get this done? I would quickly tell him yes. Now, tell me specifically what you need. And that is one thing, guys, that I think we're left to guess. It has always appeared that there needs to be a carve-out to go and do whatever that is with Tyson Fury. And, I mean, that's a real interesting one. That's a real, real interesting one. Because if they're not going to go and box, I don't know that they need a carve-out to start with. I mean, I'll start with that. That could be tested and go to legal minds down the road. 
But if you're going to go do something with Fury and it's not fighting because you've yet to even make the rules up. I mean, I'm playing a totally different game. This is one that did not get tested. I would just share for you. I'm not sure that you need to carve out in the first place. Second, if you have to have the carve out and you got to have Fury, is there anything else that you need? Well, what if you beat Fury? Do you want the rematch with Fury? Do I need to give you two carve outs, both for Fury? What if Fury gets busy, but Joshua or Wilder comes to the table, which is still going to fulfill your purpose of having this big event? Okay, great. As I'm trying to get you to compete three times a year, which is contractually what I have owed to my audience, and I also owe to the rest of the roster to provide opportunity as I'm trying to do that. Do I have first dibs? If I call you and tell you I need you on April 5th, is there any scenario where you call me back later saying, no, I'm going to go do this thing with one of these guys? And you would just need a real clear understanding on that. And I don't know that I could share anything. I don't know that I could say anything that I wouldn't suspect that both Markel and Ali did say. Which is, hey, if you're with this organization, you're, you're with this organization. But that's the same as anywhere you go. It's very standard. It's very boilerplate for our industry. They're going to get you two fights a year, for sure no more than three. These guys are going to offer you three if you only do two, okay. Here's what their number is. Here's what the platform I mean, right? You're just trying to explain it. You're just trying to re-explain that this is the best deal you could get if, in fact, you want the prize. Now, the prize isn't just money. It's also ego. It's exposure. It's opportunity. It's recognition. But if you see a prize as being something that I did not just mention, might want to go look somewhere else. That, that's fair. So I grabbed my said, man, I can, I can get it. I can get it. Every, every single thing that you're asking for, I can get it. But I want to tell you a story, Francis. I want to tell you a story, Okay. Where'd you get that idea, by the way, you're going to go box? Where'd you get that idea? Oh, you got it from, from McGregor. When he, he did go do it. He did it with Mayweather. You heard it was huge business, right? You heard it's huge business. How do you think Connor got that? Did Connor do what you're doing? Did Connor win a championship like you've done? And then say, I need a new deal. And the new deal must include a carve out so I can go and box. No, it didn't. Well, what did Connor do? Well, we always want to look at history as our greatest trajectory to the future, right? We, we don't ever want to go uh, reinvent the wheel if we don't have to. So what did Connor do? Well, Connor became a champion of the world. And that spurred some interest, surprisingly, from Floyd Mayweather and the boxing community. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming, but somehow these boys decided they were going to go into business. And it was a very valuable thing to have the UFC champion of the world. Now, for any of you historians that want to correct me and say, but chill, he was a two-time simultaneous champion of the world. Fair enough. You've made my point and you've expanded upon it. But he was a two-time simultaneous champion of the world who had also won an interim world championship, which is a fight that he took on six days' notice. 
All of those things are relevant. Because everything that Connor was ever asked to do, he said yes. They could trust him. They liked working with him. He had what we call goodwill. He was owed a favor. So when one arised, it wasn't a big deal to give it to him. That's the way that happened. And it would seem, as opposed to telegraphing, as opposed to carving this out, as opposed to showing that your interest is actually somewhere else, if we just went along, we kept that world championship, we got somebody's interest, Tyson Fury, whoa, didn't see that coming. Same as nobody thought Connor could get Floyd's interest. Seems like we could just do the same thing or at least move in that direction. Connor never had the carve out. Connor never got the contract changed. Connor doesn't have some deal that says he can take years off in between fights. He doesn't have some deal that says he can go and film movies and commercials, start a whiskey brand. He doesn't have any of those things. But he had goodwill. And this is how we got it done. And it would be one approach, and I would just share that story. And it's a very important story that you know. Because Conor McGregor did not get a dollar to fight Floyd Mayweather. And you guys were told it was hundreds of millions of dollars, right? I mean, there, there's no exaggeration in my time in sport more than that fight. But it was really good. It was something special. And he did get it. Because he was the two-time simultaneous UFC champion that had a great, great carnival barker in his corner named Dana White. That is why Connor got that match. It's really important that you understand that. Because the UFC champion going and doing something with Tyson Fury had Tyson Fury's attention. Just like Connor had Floyd's. But as soon as that title is gone, as soon as that title comes away, we're not having the same conversation. As soon as your promoter, Dana White, is not going to be on that stage with you for our press tour, we're having a completely different conversation. Because now what do I got? Who am I fighting? What do I put on the poster? I got a guy whose age is unknown, but it's at least 36 with a bum knee north of 300 pounds. That's what I've got. A week ago, I had the undisputed heavyweight champion of the UFC. And it's just a very different position. It's not nice and it's not friendly, but it, it is a reality. If you're managing somebody, there's going to be another side of it. There's always going to be another side of it. Connor didn't get a car out. Connor didn't telegraph it and ask for one. Connor had goodwill. Opportunity came up. Everybody moved forward. Conor McGregor did not have Floyd Mayweather's interest. Two-time simultaneous champion of the UFC with Dana White on stage had a value. And that is a reality. And now, 
the only question for Tyson Fury is do I still want to box? And if I do, is it going to be against Jones or is it going to be against Surreal? UFC 283 is taking MMA action to the next level. Guys, this Saturday, there are two titles on the line and one bout is a historic UFC match with Figueredo facing Moreno for the fourth time. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. I gotta tell you, we know Figueredo can beat Moreno, but we know Moreno can beat Figueredo. We even know these boys can go to a draw. Why? Because we've seen it all happen, but something's coming down to the fourth title and somebody is leaving there with the world championship. You want even more excitement? Get in on the playoff action all weekend. Download the app right now. Use the promo code CHAIL and new customers. Bet $5 on UFC 283. Get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code CHAIL this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, I'm so thankful for our next partner, Athletic Greens. Not only have they sponsored this episode, but they've also helped me make life easier. I started taking Athletic Greens 1 in 2020, and I haven't stopped. I needed something that I could take to cover all my vitamins, supplements, and gut health, but I hate taking pills. It's annoying and time-consuming to take a bunch of different pills, patterns, and tablets with AG1. I don't have to do that, but I get all my nutrients in. AG1 is so much more than a greens powder. It's all your key health products in one. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, down it, and I'm done. AG1 is also great for recovery. I usually take mine before I work out or even after when I need a boost during the day. I can get a nice mental and physical boost without experiencing a caffeine crash later in the day. It also costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash chale. That's athleticgreens.com slash chale. Check it out. John Jones, oh my goodness, you know, I think I had forgot. I think that I had forgot a little bit what it's like when John is around. And one thing, when you're dealing with a clinical narcissist, there is an upside, right? Consistency. They'll be very consistent. John Jones is coming out, and he is going to do two fights. He has promised the fans. As a matter of fact, he has promised the fans he's going to give them two fights. He's going to fight Surreal. That's not the fight that he wants. He wanted to fight Ngano or Stipe, for that matter, first, and then go into the other one. So Ngano, Stipe, Stipe, Ngano, but those were his two guys. He didn't want a whole lot to do with Surreal, and now he's got Surreal. Once he gets done with Surreal, he's going to go in to Stipe. Those are the only two fights he can promise, and once those are done, we're going to sit down, and we're going to see what makes sense. I'm quoting right now. Okay. 
Well, can we do something? Can we do something as friends? Can, can we put makes sense aside? Can we not do that anymore as a vernacular? Can we agree that the Ultimate Fighting Championship is ran by pretty reasonable people? Can we agree that their fiduciary objective and a 25-year history says they do what makes sense? Can we agree on that? Can we also agree there has never been a fighter or a fighter's manager or a fighter's team or a fighter's goddamn mother for that matter? that has ever had a better idea than the one that the boys on the second floor at the Ultimate Fighting Championships located in Nevada have put forth. Can we agree on that? So we don't need to hear from anybody what makes sense. We will get a phone call and told what makes sense. So we're crystal clear, Surreal Gone, who is one and one in his last two, got out-wrestled and won by a non-wrestler and got out-struck by a non-striker, okay? That is fighting for world championship. So don't tell me about things that make sense. John just signed an eight-fight deal. That was revealed to us 48 hours ago. He signed an eight-fight deal and has come out and let us know he's going to do two of those fights. He, I promise. I promise. I got Surreal in wouldn't you know March. I got Stipe barking at me in wouldn't you know summertime. Some bitch, my, my entire 2023 isn't even booked. It isn't even full. I am going to be a problem for you within this calendar year. No, why not just say, I signed to fight eight guys, I'm going to go fight eight guys. I'm, I'm going to destroy them. Surreal isn't even the guy that I wanted. Surreal wasn't even the guy that I planned for. I planned to beat the guy that beat Surreal. I don't know I'd ever get to Surreal. I didn't ever know I was going to get a warm-up fight. Then I'm going to do that. I'm going to parlay that right into a fireman from Ohio who's the only top contender in this sport that's older than me. And any other dinosaurs that are pushing 40 can come into my new geriatric division and nobody is going to stop me. Okay. I mean, I'll go with that. I would go with that. I, I don't understand doing an eight fight deal and then promising people two fights. I don't understand fighting a guy that you're openly saying doesn't make sense. And John is right. John is right in all fairness on that. There, nobody called for Surreal versus John Jones. Nobody. I like the Stipe idea. I don't know that Stipe can sit on his hands for another half a year. I don't know about that. Now, Curtis Blades is the biggest problem stylistically for John Jones. But I don't know that that's a good thing. I, I don't know that that's helpful. That if you had a choice between John as your champion... Or Curtis is your champion. I'm not. I'm not sure that that's a helpful thing. Sergey Pavlich isn't going to get anything that Sergey Pavlich doesn't ask for. And the last time Sergey had a microphone in his hand, he informed the world that Daniel Cormier beat him up. So you're not dealing with a huge 
threat right there, but you're dealing with a threat of some degree. So quite possibly it will be John versus Surreal and then John versus Stipe. And the Stipe is, is very helpful for a couple of reasons. I mean, I, I don't know that Stipe can get that done. I don't know that he can wait. I mean, it's been Angano this entire time. It never had anything to do with Surreal. Angano's all of a sudden not even in the company and Surreal's into the main event. So, I mean, I understand that things can change fast. I like the Stipe idea. I like it because now we know what Surreal and John are fighting for. And I would like it if Stipe was put in that position. You want to know a great fight? A really good fight is Stipe versus Surreal. So the reason I say I, li I like Stipe, Jones, Stipe, that works for me, but Surreal, Stipe, that works for me. So I would like it if this was treated, if you will, like a semifinal. Somehow Stipe got a, a bye into the finals match, but now we're going to do Surreal versus John, and one of them draws into that. I personally would like that. That isn't how it's done very often around here. But I personally would think that that was clever. Okay, so you got John's manager saying he did an eight-fight deal. You got John saying, I'm going to be easy to work with for two fights. Then I'm going to have enough money. We'll see what makes sense. We don't need your opinion on what makes sense. I mean, just so you understand, we did it your way. Your way involved three years of sitting out. That's what your way involved. Now, John has done one thing that's very beautiful. And again, this comes from the narcissistic side. But the narcissist got this one. I thought it was beautiful. He said, I'm not going to tell you what I weigh. He said, I'm not going to tell anyone what I weigh. I want it to be a surprise for Surreal. I liked that. What do you guys think of that? Why would he tell us what he weighs? Why wouldn't he let that be a little bit of a guess? And there's not very many times that that's interesting. But it has been interesting. I'm got bring Stipe back in. Stipe's 248 pounds. First time he fights Daniel Cormier and gets beat. The next time he fights Daniel Cormier, he weighs in at 231 pounds. That was shocking. People were tearing their tickets up. It moved the line. Stipe has no chance. None. He's done. Well, it turned out it made his cardio a little better. Turned out it made him just a little bit quicker. Turned out when those championship rounds came around, he was moving and he was floating. It was a little bit harder to hold down. Right, Steve ended up looking better. So the next time he goes in a fight down, he's 233 pounds. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. Like, weight sometimes is interesting. Not very often, but it is sometimes. And when we've never seen John Jones at heavyweight, it does matter. Any way you want to do it, it matters. John told us he wants to be 240 pounds. We've seen him on Instagram at 242 pounds. That's interesting. Now, I don't personally know that I believe that John Jones can hold that weight and go through an appropriate training camp. Tough to do. But John let us know that 240 is psychologically what he needs. So let's say John gets on the scale and he's 228. 228 is a very realistic number. If you're 240... But then you go into training, 220, it's a very realistic number. But we, the fans, could then derive something from that. We go, wait a minute. He himself says he needs to be 240. This is going to bother John. John did not make the weight that he wanted to weigh. We'd get something out of that for about 24 hours. There'd be some conversation there. Or what if it goes the other way? John wants to weigh 240. He showed us on Instagram he's 242. What if he gets in there at 250? Whoa. How'd he do that? 
How did he put on size while going through a training camp? It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And it would just be interesting. And what does that mean? And this whole John Jones move up program, the whole thing is conditional on one concept, which is John goes to a division of which he has a handicap, which is he's not as big as the opponent. So if John shows up at 250 and surreals at 249, man, all of a sudden things change. I just share for you. I know that this isn't groundbreaking. I know that this isn't sports center worthy news, but it's about all you're going to get. This is from the same guy whose manager says he's here for eight fights, who told us he's going to do two fights. And they're all geriatrics, and we're going to start with one that doesn't even make sense. According to him, I mean, not for nothing, there's something on that. There is something interesting about him not telling us what he weighs. It will make me guess. It will make me speculate. I find it interesting. Only wants to do things that make sense. Let's, let's stop. Okay. Let's stop asking the bartender for advice on quitting alcohol. Peter Yan. These guys are going to fight in March. The single greatest month in combat history. But they're going to fight in March and that fight just got announced. Interesting. Interesting for a few reasons. Is that three rounds or is that five rounds? I would really need to know that. Now, I would assume that that would be a free TV uh, five rounder. But March, when everybody else is fighting in March... That could even be on the main card of Jones versus Surreal. I mean, not for nothing, it's probably not a main event, but that's a big deal because if you want to deal with Yawn, you got to take his pace away. Nobody's got a higher pace than Marab. So if you think that you're going to get the jump on Marab and you're going to do it with pacing, oh, by the way, you've only got three rounds to do it. you got a big problem. You have a great big problem. And if you're in Yawn's spot, right, you do not want to become a gatekeeper. Now, I respect Jan for going out and agreeing to this fight. I think that Jan will be the favorite for the fight. I don't know that that's not really good money. Because to get over on Marab in 15 minutes, that's just, that's a, that's a big ass. But what are these guys fighting for, right? That's where you start to get this gatekeeper status. If Jan goes out and beats Marab, what happens? What happens, right? Nothing. He then goes and gets another hard fight. That's okay. That's most guys. I don't give Jan a hard time for that. It's just a new phase. It used to be if Jan wins this fight, what happens? He's the world champion. If Jan wins this fight, what happens? He goes and fights for the world championship. Right? I mean, that used to be how this worked. Now, what does Marab get if uh, Rob beats Jan? I guess he just gets to be the latest guy that beat Jan. It's not as though Marab can go into a world title fight. If Marab beating Yon got a world title fight, then the last guy to beat Yon would have got a world title fight. Who happens to be Sugar Sean? So I'm just saying, like, what do you do? What comes of this? These guys were very excited to fight. I mean, I heard about this announcement from Marab. I don't know if anybody's got a better attitude than Marab. Marab does a lot of things really well. That pace is really good. His The way he cuts weight, I mean, Marab is a real professional. He's got a great team. He's got great people around him. But if I could have one thing that he has, it would be his attitude. 
I mean, that dude is always on an upbeat. And I heard about this from Rod. He was very excited. He was very excited to announce this. Generally, a fight that you'd be very excited to announce against a former world champion is going to get you somewhere. I like this match. I think that Peter Jan's got to be real careful of becoming a gatekeeper. There's nothing that he can do. Many people have been put in that spot. The mere fact that he said yes and is stepping into it, he deserves credit for that. A lot of people thought that Jan won his last fight, which had he won his last fight would mean he's the number one ranked guy in the world. If he's the number one ranked guy in the world, that's the way that it should be, then he should beat Marab. But do you guys really think he will? And I didn't give you enough info. I told you it's in March. I know March is loaded, so I don't know that there's a main event open. So if it's not a main event, it's going to be three rounds. If it's three rounds versus Marab, you got a problem. You got a big problem. And what happens and where do they go? I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking a look at that division. Ricky Simone's the best fighter in that division. Ricky Simone's the only fighter to beat Marab within that division. And, and Ricky Simone seems to be the odd man out. You're going to get Marab in there in a, a magnificent opportunity that leads to nothing. You get Jan in there in a tremendous opportunity, which is just a, a boiler cooker. He had better win the fight or else. Where, where's Ricky going? I know guys are more than happy to like leave Ricky's name out of their mouth and for good reason. I, I understand why they keep doing it, but at some point, they're going to have to fight him. Somebody's going to have to fight him. And you can keep offering him the, these newer, younger guys that are just starving and dying for an opportunity, so that's why they'll put the name on the paper. Or you can get these meaningful guys, of which, by the way, should I mention, haven't beaten him yet. It's an interesting spot. The whole, the whole division is very interesting. The excitement around this fight by these athletes was a very cool thing. But it was also a little bit surprising. If you have that many wins, if you're on the cusp of being a number one contender, but you're openly saying, I'm not doing it because my teammates, the current champion, is just not something I want. It just puts you in a tough spot. It's one hell of a fight, though. And if I were you, I would get over to DraftKings right now because something tells me that Jan is the favorite. I haven't checked it. I'll be fair with you. Something tells me Jan is the favorite. But if my deductions are right, which is that it's not a main event and it's scheduled for three rounds, you better think long and hard. Do you really think somebody can get the jump on Marab if they only have 15 minutes to do it? Guys, I'm going to take one crack at this. And I'm going to tell you right now. If Jake Paul fights Tommy Fury... I am out. That's not a threat. I'm just letting you know well in advance. If that's the kind of news and analysis and information you would like, you're going to have to go somewhere else to get it. No big deal. I'm going to discuss them right now. There's a rumor going around, but there's an outside chance that it's false. If this rumor gets confirmed and it turns out that Paul and Fury are going to box, no problem. No problem, but I'm out. I'm out because, first off, I don't think Fury will show up. And second off, I like Paul. I don't just mean that I like him when I meet him in person, he was a nice guy to me. I don't just mean that. I like what he's doing. I like the concept. I like that he's getting better. 
I like that he has four different jobs and never once misses and never once seems tired. I like that. I like that he's driven. I like that he can look the world in the face that's telling him he can't do something and then go out and do it. I like him. And I also think that he should be rewarded when he does do that stuff. Anybody else would be. And when he goes out and gets something done, including if he goes here against Will Flurry and he beats him, he's not going to get credit. He's not going to get the pat on the back. The boxing community is setting him up. And I think that's low. So if I don't think a fight's going to happen, but I know full well, right, it's a pie. Maybe there's a portion of me that doesn't think it's going to happen. But the other portion is that if it does happen, what difference does it make? The community is not going to get behind Jake. They're not going to give him a reward or any kind of credit. It's going to be just something that we do until we move on to the next one. I don't think it's right. Whoever is advising him and telling him to do that, they're lying to him. They're setting him up. This has been a setup for well over a year by the community. By the writers, by the reporters, come and fight with Tommy Fumbles. Knowing full well that as soon as that's signed, as soon as that's done, they're going to turn on him. They're going to start taking away from it. They're going to start feathering the nest for the fall that's going to be fury. And you feather that so that it doesn't give a springboard to the victory by Paul. It's very obvious. I'm, I'm stating the obvious. I'm a well, a well aware that I am. But there is some stuff about this announcement that made me think it was, perhaps we're still in Rumorville. I mean, number one is that the fight's going to be next month. Now, I happen to really like that. That's a recipe of Floyd Mayweather. Nobody in the fight business, it doesn't matter if it's MMA, it doesn't matter in boxing, nobody has done a better job at making an announcement and getting in the ring than Floyd. Floyd's average was five and a half weeks. Floyd would announce that he's going to do a fight. You go, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh God, probably five months from now. Oh, that's too good to believe. Probably it's going to be four months from now. No, it's five weeks. Floyd was awesome about doing that. And I bring that because perhaps that's what Jake's doing. The announcement is it's going to be next month. Here we are part with the back end of January. It's going to be the back end of February. It's a month. That's awesome. But where are they going to do it at? And where are they, where are they going to go box? That wasn't said. If I want to buy tickets, where do I get them at? That wasn't said. Where is this going to be? I mean, physically located... In addition to what platform is this going to be in the PFL? If it's not in the PFL, why is it not in the PFL? We're going to box over here and we're going to MMA over here. How come? No wrong answer to that. I I would just be curious. And these generally would be the things that would be included with a press release. At least a couple of those. And none of them were. Which leads me to believe perhaps there's some opportunity here that that is not done. Fury versus Paul, your risk-reward, right? If that fight actually went down, those numbers are not going to be crazy. But if that fight, if you could actually get that fight in the ring, or you've got Paul versus Perry. Now, I get Paul versus Perry. It's not massive. It's not going to be this huge thing. But your risk versus your reward, it's pretty close. Because you know Perry's going to show up. You know we're going to have some fun. We know the press conference is going to be attended. You know he's not going to do it via satellite with with two different generations of family with him because he doesn't have the balls, the courage, or the wit to come and show it up on his own. 
your risk versus your reward starts to be pretty close. So let's see where that fight goes. If they're going to fight, hey, best of luck. I'm out. But when I tell you I'm out, make sure you understand Fury was never in. goals are to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on, or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will do all the legwork and cancel for you. No more long hold times and customer service or awkward conversations with a representative trying to talk you into keeping the service. Just one click and you are done. I hate when I look through my monthly bank statements and I see a subscription I've been paying for months and I never use. I see something cool I want to try and I end up hating it and I forget to cancel before the trial ends. I know you guys can relate. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, including me, saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash chael. That's rocketmoney.com slash chael. Rocketmoney.com slash chael. All right, guys, I would really like to put one final bow on this. I mean, I must tell you, the heavyweight division is so atrociously uninteresting and I find myself discussing it for a week and the only reason I keep getting pulled into that matrix is we keep getting a little bit of new information. I mean, this is a division whose hottest, most interesting news, most headlines and most discussion came from the release of an athlete. Any other division, signing the athlete would be the news. Any other division, becoming a top contender. Getting a fight booked. Getting a pairing, a matching, an event to look forward to. This division is so bad that the biggest news comes when the opposite happened. Now, I'm just trying to set the table here because there's some things that I don't understand. And Please make sure you know, when I come to you and I say there's things that I don't understand, I already got this figured out. There's reasons that I can't come out and say it clearly to you. So I'm going to tell you that I don't understand. Then I'm going to walk you down a path of things that I just can't simply understand. Hoping that you will connect the dots. But let's take a little bit of a look here. Francis Ngannou. Gentleman, polite, risk taker, 
Francis Ngannou, believes that he bought freedom. And he's got guys out there like Errol Hawani that are backing him up. Immense respect, endless respect, Ariel says, for a man that stood on principle and could not be bought. Okay. Well, let's see here. Francis wanted fighters to have an advocate in every single meeting that they came to. Now, we've got a lot of problems right there. We've got a lot of problems from a misunderstanding standpoint. Not from a good heart, oh, Francis gets the good heart award. Not from a kindness, Francis gets the kindness award. We have a lot of misunderstandings. If you're asking the, the company to bring the advocate, do you see the problem? And I don't think you do. I don't think you do. If you ask the company to bring the advocate, do you think that you can then also ask the advocate to be on the side of the athlete? Do you see the problem? Okay, so the UFC can't do that. But, but they also understand that what you're asking for, you haven't thought through. Now, they don't want to be a jerk to you and say, Francis, I can't provide an advocate. Because they're going to look out for my interests. So what I do is I allow the athlete to choose who they would like. And there's some really good people out there. And you do make a really good point, Francis, that the athlete should have somebody. By the way, Francis, I can't help but notice you came here alone today. You were given a meeting with us. Not very many people get those. We have 556 guys under contract. You are one of the five that gets a meeting. And you could have brought somebody, but you didn't. You came alone. So you would see the irony. You demanding that everybody has an advocate, but you sitting here, and you had the opportunity to have one, and you chose to go about it alone. Do you see where we're getting confused messages? Okay, fair enough. Now, we got to get we got to get this this insurance thing out of the way. I mean, we we absolutely have to address this real fast. I believe that Francis has insurance. I believe, but I only believe that because it's one phone call and seven hundred and fourteen dollars a month. So I believe that he's made the phone call and bought the plan. But there's a discussion out there that fighters don't get anything. They don't even get insurance. And you're kind of just tipping your head sideways and go, we're going to give you the money. You then go get your own insurance. It's a whole other deal if we do it. It will be much better for you. And we're even going to give you the money. It's much like your vacation to pay and your retirement pay. I don't know where you're going to put it. Are you going to put this in gold, silver, and bonds? You're a real estate guy. You like the equities market? I mean, what do you want to do? I'm going to give you the money and then you go do it. All of this stuff you're going to do. And that's just what independent contractor means. It doesn't mean we withhold the money. You put all that in. That's all in your negotiation. Here you go and you go do it. I mean, I'm just sharing with you. That's a very uh, standard way to do things. The mistake and the miss here is it's the managers that should be providing the health insurance. And managers going to tip by your jail. How am I going to do that? How are you going to do that? Really? You don't know how you're going to do that? 
You're going to bill the client as an S-Corp or an LLC that they set up. That's who you're going to bill. They are then going to pay you and you're going to hire them directly as an employee, at which time you can then provide the health insurance. It's not a complicated measure at all. And the managers understand this. The managers understand that they could go out and get it. They just don't see a value in it. If they saw value in it, they would do it. And if they did it today, they'd be the only one doing it. You'd be telling, come sign with me. I will get you health insurance. You'd be the only one to solve this whole problem. Or the athlete for $714 a month can make one phone call and get it himself. Now, I'm quoting $714 a month. Jay Montebello is my guy. I got his number from Beaver State Insurance out of Salem, Oregon. Roger Pena put me in contact. I've got a hot-ass wife and two kids, and it's $714 a month. So if you're a single guy, and I don't know if Francis is, I don't know if he's got kids, I don't know if he's got wives and ex-wife, I don't know anything about it. I'm just quoting you a worst-case scenario because it's the one that I do. So we, we got to set this health insurance thing aside. You can't come in and demand an advocate and then ask the company to provide the advocate. It's a conflict of interest and it wouldn't work. Not to mention you're here today and you didn't bring an advocate. You didn't bring one. Okay, good enough. So, as we're working through these things, we now ultimately want to be free and you're gonna have the respect of Errol Hawani if you are free. By God, what do you think freedom is? I mean, what do you think it is? When you put your name on a contract, do you not have honor and responsibility? Do you understand what a contract is? Do you understand what you're bringing to the table? Because they're not free. They got to do all sorts of things to keep this wheel going. And sitting down and having meetings before every fight will bring it all to a screech. And all. Just so you understand, okay, we don't need the advocate because we're not going to have the meeting. We're going to do a contract and then you're going to get a tag and we're going to move real fast. And as much as you want the world to stop for those three times a year that you're going to walk your lazy ass from the octagon to the locker room and back, we don't have those same luxuries. We are going to put on 11 fights every single Saturday. You, if you feel like it, are apparently going to walk out there up to three times a year, which based on the last few years is something that you didn't do. Just so we're all clear with everybody. But signing a contract does not give away my freedoms. What about your integrity and your responsibilities that are going into that partnership and that agreement? It is the only business that I personally know of where they would give you a piece of the business and you don't have to invest a dollar. But if you don't see that or you think that you're tight or you think that your hands are tight, you've got to understand you can't go somebody else and get a better deal. There's certain things that the gal doesn't have to tell you. The gal doesn't have to tell you that she would like walk to the door at the end of the night. She doesn't have to tell you that when you drop me off, you don't go pick up Sally. She doesn't have to tell you that she would like some of your attention. She doesn't have to tell you those things because anywhere you go, that's going to be part of it. You're not going to get to take this girl out to dinner and then slip over here and get some other deal with somebody else. 
You're not going to not have to bring a present on the holidays. You're not going to get to ignore February 14th. I don't have to tell you these things because everybody's asking for it. So whatever contract you're going to sign that you think somehow cuffs you or takes your freedoms away, if you're not willing to give something, if you don't see an honor in that and a responsibility that comes with it, we're, we're just talking about two different things. But I'm not asking you to do anything that everybody else isn't also going to ask you to do. There are some built-in factors. Nobody's free. What about I'm going to be free? Are you doing a contract or not? They're not free. They're bound to you. You don't think you have a responsibility back to them. Do you understand what we're just not saying the same thing here? And what is it that you are standing on? I mean, I, I see this mistake done all the time. This is done by a very nice man. You got to understand, Francis is coming back. I would not be giving Francis a hard time if Francis was over here on Skid Row. Francis makes some huge mistake and it can't be put back together. You got to understand, Francis exited stage left like a gentleman. He went on an aerial show and he thanked everybody. He used no profanity at all. He was very calm, very calm, very polite. When John Jones left, if he could have lit the company on fire, he would have done it. If he could have taken every fan away and had him never come back, he would have done it. He said as much. And he said he was never returning until things changed for fighters. Now, I wouldn't expect to hold John Jones to that. I knew that he was doing nothing more than trying to get himself some more money. We all understood those things. I'm just sharing for you that was three years ago. Nobody's holding him to that. Nobody's holding them to the idea that you were going to do this for fighters or you were never going to come again. They get it. You're a prize fighter and you're broke. You got to go back to work. It's the same as everybody. No, there's no problem here. But John didn't need to, to, to cut his own throat hanging on sacrimony either. You come out, you do some stuff, you push back and forth. Right? I mean, Francis had some ideas. He wants them all to have health insurance. I don't understand why. They make one phone call and go get their health insurance. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. But if that's a really big deal, then what about the advocate? Okay, who's going to bring the advocate is an absolute paramount question. By the way, you're telling me this in my boardroom and you didn't bring an advocate and you were welcome to. That's a problem. It's a bit of a problem. And where are you going to go and what are you going to do from here? I mean, I'm just sharing for you as I look at the heavyweight division, right? John Jones, and this is according to John, is about to do a fight that doesn't make sense. Well, his opponent is one and one in his last two. He's right. It doesn't make sense. But it could draw him into steep eight, which we do want to see. Now, well, we still want to see it, and why we couldn't get Stipe done, right? That was supposed to happen in December, and we couldn't get it done. Why can all of a sudden we get it done now? So let's just say that we can't. Let's say we either can't make that make sense to have a 40-plus-year-old that hasn't done this in a while step right into a world title fight. We either can't get that done, or for whatever reason, we couldn't get these guys together before, and now we can't get them together again. The only guy you've got is Francis. We can make something happen. We can draw Curtis and... Sergey and I, we, we got all sorts of abilities to promote and do certain things, or we can just take the one that everybody wants to see, which is Francis, and there's nothing stopping Francis from coming back. Francis left like a gentleman, which means he can come back. John Jones put C4 on the bridge, just didn't know how to detonate it. And he's back. And we're told with a raise. So when I give Francis a hard time for asking and demanding an advocate while not having one himself, demanding health insurance, I mean, like they're Santa Claus, like they're your mom and dad. I mean, I, I really don't understand that. I, I really do not understand where these, these people need their hand held and treat, like, should I cover your car insurance as well? 
Should I give you 40 bucks so you can go out with your friends on the weekend? I mean, like, at what point does this end? You're a man, I'm a man. Are we doing business or not? I need to be free. By God, it's a contract. We're telling that guy to be free. So at some point, if cooler heads prevail, you can come back in. You still have something that you can go and do. Got a knee injury? Sounds like we should deal with that. But you have a common opponent, right? By the time Francis comes back, we're going to have a common opponent. That's going to be known as Surreal Gone. Surreal was a real hard night for Francis. Surreal is not going to win a round against John Jones, right? I mean, though it changes. The world changes. And we got to stop with this whole notion of being scared. Dana had come out and said that Francis was scared. He's gotten all this pushback from, from the boys. Oh, nobody's scared in this business. Okay, but let's just agree that scared does not mean... Like what it meant when you were a kid and there was lightning in the sky and you didn't know where your mom and dad were and there's been some creaks in the house and it's dark out and you just watched a scary movie and it's Halloween. Like it doesn't mean the same thing. Scared just means I don't want to do so. It's just a word. It doesn't evoke an emotion or even talk about fear or the resistance therefore of. What it's talking about is I don't want to do, for whatever reason, I'm scared to put it on the line. I'm scared to be the first to take on the greatest light heavyweight ever in my division. I'm scared to test my bad knee against my toughest opponent. I'm scared to perhaps risk whatever boxing deal somebody convinced me is true. Right? I mean, whoever emailed Francis and told him he's going to go do a boxing deal with Tyson Fury for, for $30 million is the same guy who has an uncle who's a prince who's been imprisoned in Egypt and needs Bitcoin set to this QR code. I mean, in all fairness. And I got to tell you, I mean, we just go around and around. I haven't been able to talk about the heavyweights with any level of passion in a period of time. But I'm also not going to go down Sillyville and act as though Francis can't come back. John Jones tried to burn the house down. Francis said thank you on his way out the door. They're meaningfully different. And Francis was not a bad guy for demanding an advocate. He just wasn't a guy that had done business. He wasn't a bad guy for demanding health care. He just didn't understand that that's one phone call and that should be the manager's job. He wasn't wrong. He was trying to be polite. But now it's our turn to help him. It's our turn to let him know. We don't need an advocate because there's not going to be meetings. If we have to meet with each athlete before each contest, it will bring our industry to a screeching halt. So we're not going to do those things. As a matter of fact, how about you don't ever think about what we're doing again? In all fairness, I won't come in and tell you how to train. I won't tell you what to eat. I won't tell you who your trainer would be. In exchange, don't tell me my side of this. I will handle my side. If I don't do a good job, there's competitors out there and I'll lose my business. If I do do a good job, my business will continue to grow. It's going to be natural consequences. You worry about you and I'll worry about me. Can we at least do that? Glover Teixeira, not just I admire him as a fighter, not just I recognize how great he is, I really like him. I liked Glover before I ever got to know Glover. He's one of those guys.
One of those guys where I read about him and then go, hey, I, I want to meet this guy. How do I meet this guy? I never did. Never crossed paths. He came out to Oregon, in fact. We used to have something called Sport Fight. And he came out and did Sport Fight, maybe multiple times. But I was going to get to meet him. Matt Lynn was putting these on. I either went to every sport fight, I competed on the sport fight, or I participated in it. I've been the announcer before. So I'm going to get a meet Glover. And this is the guy I've been reading about. This is uh, Chuck Liddell's top protege. Coach John Hackelman's guy. So that Brazilian guy has won like 19 in a row. Who I watched doing videos of like CrossFit style workouts, even before CrossFit was a thing. Where you, you went over and you did a rope and then you did 20 uh, pull-ups real fast and then you did some burpees and some squats and some push-ups and you jump back up and you do the whole thing again, right? CrossFit. But before that was a thing, I'm watching Glover doing it. I mean, that's just a really hard workout. That's a really interesting workout. He got known for his cardio. Something happened with paperwork. I've never understood that because I've, I've heard it different ways. I've even told it different ways. But it had something to do with Glover couldn't get into the UFC. It was a paperwork issue. It had something to do with a visa. I mean, we, we've been told this story a hundred times and it's always the same thing. But he was in America and he was fighting in America. So I just never understood it. There's a paperwork or visa issue in America. So we can't go fight for a company located out of uh, Nevada, but he can come to Portland, Oregon and do a sport fight. I mean, right, obviously, there's something that I'm missing there. I'm attempting to tell you his story because this was a good 10 or 15 years before I ever actually met him. So I'm just proving the point that I am an admirer. I am a fan. Then when I got to meet him, he was just as cool as I thought he'd be. Welcomed me into his gym and he was a hard worker and he had this awesome attitude and he was a natural leader. I mean, like I would just have to keep on putting the heaping amounts of praise on Glover. Then what he was able to do later in his career, nobody saw that coming. Like, your best days aren't after you turn 40. It just, it just doesn't work that way. But his were. He got a world title fight very quick. I mean, his opening match in the UFC was against Rampage Jackson. was a world champion. Former. He built right into a match with John Jones. Now, that didn't work out. And it's pretty clear he's never going to get an opportunity again. Well, he somehow finds a way. North of 40, he stayed after and he would not take no for an answer. He stayed persistent. He believed in himself. He fought anybody. Came back, found ways to win, carried himself, got up off the canvas before and came all the way back. Not only to championship opportunities, but to the championship, which he lost. And now he's got to start over again. That's not going to work. There's not very many guys in their 30s that can stumble and ever get back. He stumbled, got back, stumbled, and is back again. This is an incredible sports story. And I would very much like to do things the way he would like them done. That's out of respect. Glover wants to train at 9 a.m., and I'm his workout partner. I'll be there at 9 a.m. Just by example. Like to do it the way that he would like to do it. Glover came out and he said that he wishes the fans would care more about the fighting than they would about the talking. And I want to do things Glover's way, but I, if I give him that one, it's a problem. If I give Glover that point that we're going to put the focus on the fighting and not about the talking, 
How do I let you guys know he's fighting Saturday? How do I let you know it's a world title fight? How do I let you know that it's in Brazil? How do I let you know it's against the number seven guy in the world that was never supposed to be here in the first place and Uncle I and Blahovitz had this big blow up and Joe Rogan got stuck in the middle of it and it was goddamn good TV. But how do I do that? And, and then moreover, if the fans are going to care about the fight, do you want to live in a society like that? Where the fans are going to care more about the fighting than they do the talking. Do you want to live in a society like that? Because what part about that fight is it that you want the fans to like? Is it the way you elbowed the guy or broke his nose? Or is it the way you elbowed him this way and you knocked all of his teeth out? Like, what part of that do you want the fan to think was cool? Is it how you hit him in the chest and stepped outside with a leg kick that is said to be harder as a, a baseball bat being swung at full force? I mean, do you really want the crowd into that? Is that is that what we're doing here? Do you have a punch or a kick or a submission that I haven't seen a hundred times before? Do you have do you have something special? Are you going to run up the fence and jump off at Pettis style? Are you going to make something up that's dynamic that I haven't seen before? Or is it going to be rinse and repeat? You're going to close your hands and move them in a forward direction while trying to get out of the way of the guy doing the same thing back to you, which is what they did the co-main event, the previous match, the previous match, and the nine other before, including the one that jerked the curtain at the beginning of the night. I mean, it sounds like the same thing. So why would I be watching your match? Do you do something different with your punches and your kicks than the 10 other fights that were up tonight? If you don't, why am I watching you? Or moreover, if you do, why did I watch those 10? There has to be a reason. There has to be an answer. You will walk to the cage one time. One time. But you will be asked to do countless interviews. You'll be asked to take to social media countless amount of times. On fight week alone... You will have a press conference, a scrum, a weigh-in, and then a makeshift weigh-in. If the fighting is the most important thing, why is that the one that we're doing the least? If the talk and the drama and the build and the hype and the reason that we're here are least important, why is there so many interviews? Why was there so many articles? Why was there so many reporters at the press conference? Why did I have a scrum? Why was I on conference calls? If I'm going to focus on the fighting, are you going to show me something that I haven't seen before? What is it about the fight that's interesting? That you're good at it? Well, yeah, I kind of assumed all these guys were. The championship's up for grabbing. Mean, where, where, where do we go? What do I do? What do I tell the guys? If I want you to watch Glover and Hill this, this weekend, I feel as though when I come here, which is only going to be talking, I need to, I got to tell you something. And I, but I really need you to remember it. I don't need you to remember the punch. I don't need you to remember the sequence. I don't need you to remember what it is that got either guy here. I don't need, I don't need you to remember a guillotine and a double egg. I need you to remember that it's Saturday. I need you to remember it's on ESPN+. Plus. I remember that it's on pay-per-view. 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 in the West. I, there's things that I need you to know that have nothing to do with the fight. But I've got a fighter who's telling me the only thing he wants you to know about is the fight. If I do it his way, you don't watch. 
If you don't watch, you can't then care about the contest because you didn't see it in the first place. I want to do it his way. I respect him. But sometimes helping a guy is not always giving him what he wants. Sometimes instead you got to give him what he needs. And if Glover would like credit or recognition or money or even to be remembered for a world title fight that he is going to have this Saturday on ESPN opposite Jamal Hill, he's first going to need you to watch. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. And I want to tell you that on Sunday, I'm going to be releasing a special UFC 283 reaction podcast. So go and do yourselves a favor. Enjoy the competition, but make sure for the instant reaction, you check your podcast on Sunday. Guys, until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.